Liz Tahura. If it's Wednesday, it's time for a master class with Liz Tahura. Is that right? That's right. Here we go. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I'll share this with you and then we'll get into it. Someone mentioned to me, uh, sent an email and said, Jay, you've been joking that when Liz Tahura speaks every Wednesday, it's like a master class. And she said, I take that information. I use it every day. And so I, I said, well, so, oh. do I. so it's not just me that is calling it that. I've now spread that. Uh, but we have a, a nice teaser today about what's coming. Tell us what you're going to talk about today. We do. We have some exciting news to tease and, and thrilled to be sharing it with you, Jay, and the, the Business of Cannabis audience. Uh, our long-awaited retail sales tracking product is being launched this week. Uh, we are going to start with British Columbia and Alberta, um, quickly pivoting to include additional provinces, Ontario, of course, um, and then others as well over the coming months. Um, but we're, we're really excited to, to launch this sort of third layer of data and insights into the Canadian marketplace. Um, so thrilled to give just a little quick, very high level sneak peek at some of the Alberta and BC data and more to come, of course, over the coming weeks as we dive in deeper and deeper. I love it. Love to be the, the home of the sneak peek. Um, do you want to jump right into it? Let's do it. All right. So let's take a quick sneak peek into Alberta and British Columbia. Um, a little bit of an overview, um, share some insights. Uh, <clears throat> So I've gotten into a bit of a habit of starting just about every presentation or every session, Jeff uh, or Jay, with this overview slide. I do like it because it just puts into perspective uh, what this full global addressable market looks like for us in the cannabis industry. Um, and of course, continuing to reiterate how important the role that Canada plays in that global marketplace. Uh, so certainly as we dive in, but even just from the high level numbers, uh, Canada on track to be a $2.5 billion market this year, according to the BDSA forecasts, and to reach uh, $6.1 billion, a little over $6 billion by 2025. So as a reminder, and we talked about this a little bit last week, but that's very similar in size to California, uh, which does have the distinction of being the largest single uh, legal market in the, um, across the globe. But looking at Canada as a full federally legal market, um, you know, certainly rival in size um, and of course rivaling in importance as well. Uh, fueling that growth and as we've talked many, many times before, so a nice little re recap here, but fueling that growth is continued um, increase in acceptance from the Canadian consumer base. So we see a very engaged, very passionate cannabis consumer base in Canada. Um, and we see that growing, uh, singled out for major provinces here, but we actually do track, track this growth in, um, in every province across the country and seeing very similar rates of growth. As we move through the last few years, um, in terms of the percentage of adults of legal age who are currently consuming cannabis. And by the BDSA de definition, by the way, that means have consumed cannabis at least once in the past six months. Uh, so up to the upper 30s in terms of percentage. And uh, quick reminders, we compare that to comparative markets in the U.S., Colorado, California, Oregon, Illinois, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, when we're looking at the very mature markets in the U.S., Colorado and California, some good benchmarks, you know, seeing very high 30s into low 40s as that 
current watermark. Uh, and we are uh, the, the sort of the, the product releases keep on rolling. So once we get through this first release of our retail sales tracking product, uh, we will be continuing to update our consumer insights data and insights uh, and our next wave of research will be rolling out in Q4. Uh, so it'll be very, very exciting to see how these numbers have changed after what it will be essentially a year of cannabis 2.0 products up in Canada. So let's dive in and see um, what the importance of both Alberta and BC uh, are for the Canadian market. Going to start with Alberta here. Um, so Alberta sales forecast to hit about 600 million US by the end of 2020. Uh, and if you uh, fast forward out to 2025, looking at almost a $1.5 billion market for the province of Alberta. So an incredibly important uh, province, uh, really rivaled um, primarily by Ontario in terms of, uh, of size of market and, and size of significance there. Um, as you can see, the, the medical market um, is forecasted to, uh, to decrease a bit, which is very much in line with what we see in other legal markets that roll out uh, their adult use programs um, over time, both in the U.S. and, and other places as well. And when we talk about the Alberta consumer segments, uh, so really great news here, when you segment out the population, not just by current consumers, which as we already saw is about 37% of adults of legal age, uh, we also take a look at the, what we call the acceptors, and those are the folks who are not currently consuming, but open to consuming in the future. And when you combine those two groups together, you see a total addressable market of about two thirds of the adult use population. About one third uh, remains in that rejector camp. Again, as we've pushed forward into Q4 of 2020 and into 2021, continuing to watch these, uh, these population shifts as this is a really great key indicator of the total addressable market for the province. So what does that mean in terms of sales? Well, when we're talking market sizing, um, and frankly, when we're looking at the consumer insights data as well, we're talking about the full market, um, our market forecasts that we're, uh, that we're displaying here on, on the slides today are focusing on the full legal market. So that's across all legal uh, sales outlets, whether that be medical, adult use, private, government, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and our consumer insights research, of course, talks about all consumers who consume cannabis, regardless of the source of that cannabis. So whether that be legal market, illicit or legacy market, you know, regardless of the sales channel. Uh, when we're talking about the retail sales tracking data, Jay, we, we do narrow in to focus on the private adult use sales coming through the province. Um, so when we look at this retail sales tracking, we're looking through that lens and certainly seeing um, within that specific channel, very, very positive month over month growth, getting up to above 50 million Canadian uh, uh, for the entire, uh, the entire market there. And when we talk about what that looks like in terms of products consumed, so, so what products are building that sales growth? 
based on our consumer insights work, we know that Alberta consumers do tend to prefer inhalables. About 61% of uh, Alberta consumers state that inhaling is their preferred method of consumption. Um, and about a third say that edibles are their preferred method. And as we've talked about in previous sessions, uh, for Canadians across the board, but also specifically province by province, we are seeing those numbers of, um, of edibles preference and even topicals preference start to creep up as those products are more and more available through the legal channels. But how does that translate into actual sales composition? Um, so we see some pretty interesting things when we take a look at the share of uh, category sales in Alberta over time. So we can see right when the vape sales were um, starting to, to be allowed through the legal channel um, in February and quickly, quickly jumping up to, uh, to hitting uh, that 14% number, which is very similar to what we see in other provinces, uh, which we'll take a look at BC here in just a moment. Um, also interesting to note that flower sales have dropped 10 points from January to August, although they still remain above half of the sales there. Um, what's very stable over time is the ingest ingestibles or the edible sales, um, which again is very much in line with what we've seen with other markets as these additional products come online, whether they be other Canadian provinces or the US states. Um, very, very, very similar trend line that we're seeing. Um, one thing that's interesting to call out here within Alberta, which is different than what we see in some of the US markets, but actually in line with, uh, with other Canadian provinces, and we'll, again, we'll look at BC in a moment, uh, but we see that pre-rolls are a higher percentage of the market in Canada. Uh, so about above 20% of the market still in the US, where in the US we see state by state, we see pre-rolls comprising anywhere from around five or 6% to up to about 10 or 11%. Um, and when you compare the, uh, the preferred method of consumption in the US and Canada from our consumer insights, you actually see that rolling out, uh, rolling through as well. So in Alberta, joint I rolled myself is the preferred method of consumption uh, for about 26% of population. That's the, the top, uh, the top uh, product form that has been chosen. And vape comes in second at about 19% of consumers stating that that's their preferred method of consumption. Uh, Pre-roll comes in around 11% under a couple other, um, other inhalable options as well there. Uh, in the US, uh, pipe is actually number one, followed by joint I rolled myself. Between the two of them, that's about 40, 45% of the uh, cannabis consumer state that that's their, their preferred method of consumption. Um, vape comes in very similar at about 19% and pre-roll joint at, at 10%. So seeing those preferences play through within the, the product sales is really uh, fascinating for us to watch and to dig into. Um, and then when we're looking at edibles, of course, coming in there at just under 10% of sales. Um, interesting when we look at Alberta in particular, so the best-selling edible product in August was a chocolate bar. Um, and the top 10 was really well rounded out within the edibles categories uh, by looking at a few oil capsules in there, some chews and gummies, um, even some beverages, uh, much more balanced overall in terms of a variety of product formats than we see in some of the US states. So Colorado, for example, 
Uh, the top 20 best-selling edibles in August were almost all gummies, um, all except a couple skews. And in California, a little bit more varied, but still very, very heavily skewed towards gummies. Uh, doesn't show it here in the chart, but I know a lot of people like to talk about beverages. Uh, in Alberta, it's about 1% of the total market by August that is coming from the beverage category. Very similar to US markets in terms of total sales or percentage of sales. Uh, but also two, two things to point out when we're talking about beverages in Alberta. One, of course, that percentage came from just about nothing um, earlier in the year. Um, so it is certainly gaining share and, and may or may not settle at a higher percentage of sales as we move forward into the rest of this year and of course into next year as uh, products continue to roll out. Uh, another thing that's really interesting to note is that we are seeing beverages pop up in those top uh, best-selling products within the entire edibles category. Uh, so we're seeing sort of some signs of very interesting uh, interesting trends there in the beverage category. And as, uh, as the sales data continues to roll in and as we continue to build uh, more and more history and new products coming into the market, we'll certainly keep a very close eye on that. So switching gears quickly to British Columbia, uh, we're gonna run through some of these same data points, try to keep this quick, Jake, because I know we wanna, wanna be succinct. Oh, uh, British Columbia, slightly smaller, <laughs> slightly smaller total province uh, in terms of sales. Uh, but again, when we're combining both medical and adult use and thinking about the entire legal market, um, about 300 million in US dollars for uh, for 2020 as, as a whole, and about um, 825 million, a little over 800 million in US dollars by 2025. Um, so significant growth in the, in the BC province as well. When we look at the breakdown of adults of legal consumption in BC and we compare it to Alberta, uh, interestingly enough, we see that the percentage of consumers remains quite stable. What is a little bit different is the non-consumers um, and we see a slightly lower percent of non-consumers in that acceptor bucket and a slightly higher percent in the rejector bucket. Um, pretty small difference, just the, the matter of a few percentage points, uh, but interesting nonetheless to call out there. When we look at the sales trend line for BC, uh, seeing very, very strong month over month growth. Um, and again, as a call out, we're looking specifically at cannabis products sold through the private adult use sales channel uh, within BC. And uh, sales uh, essentially doubling uh, on a month by month basis from January through to August. Um, so similar to Alberta, definitely on track to hit those forecasted numbers um, and, and having a very, very solid uh, 2020 rolling out ahead of the province. Uh, when we look at consumer preferences in BC, we see again very similar uh, to, to Alberta and in fact uh, province by province if we break it out, we see you know, within a few percentage points, uh, these trends and these preferences rolling through the Canadian provinces. Um, again, we'll watch very closely in Q4 and into 2021, uh, particularly the 2.0 products to see uh, as consumers become more familiar with those products and as more products continue to hit the market, 
uh, to see how those numbers shake out and whether those numbers get a little closer to uh, the current U.S. numbers where we do see higher percentages of, um, of some of those, you know, what we call 2.0 in Canada, but some of those alternative products um, hitting in the U.S. markets where they've been available for a longer period of time. So what about the category sales in British Columbia? Um, edibles coming in at a little bit of a higher percentage of the total uh, in BC. Uh, so right, right around 12% share. Uh, beverages, interestingly enough, about the same as in Alberta, about 1% of total sales. So you know, definitely seeing some consistency there. Uh, but another interesting difference, particularly in BC, we're seeing beverages, specific beverage products, rise up into the top 10 and the top five, uh, the top product list in, in BC. So over three, um, uh, at least three beverages in the top 10, uh, which is certainly not something that we see in uh, any of the US states. Um, and then the top five individual best-selling edibles products in BC were all gummies or chews. Um, again, very consistent with the trend that we've seen in the US, the popularity of those gummies. Um, and so watching more of those products continue to hit the Canadian, uh, the Canadian marketplace and, and certainly tracking the success of those products as they, they come into the market. It's going to be one of the many things uh, that's going to be really fun to pay attention to uh, within the retail sales tracking data. A uh, couple other things as we're looking, looking at BC, just to point out there. So similar to Alberta, we did see flower share contract a bit, um, although stay above 50% of the market. And again, comparing back to markets like California and Colorado and Oregon, um, others that we've looked at over the past few weeks, Jay, uh, similar in terms of where the market is shaking out. So again, uh, really illustrates the the significance and the helpfulness of looking cross market at these trends and understanding where trends are unique to your marketplace versus where trends are following in the, uh, the bigger sort of bigger picture trend line um, across the cannabis industry as a whole. Uh, in spite of the additional vape tax in BC, we are seeing the vape category come out and net out at a very similar level uh, to what's being seen in Alberta. Uh, so about 14% of the market there. Um, again, US markets closer to about 20% of the market, uh, but still very similar within that same range. Um, and then seeing those, those pre-rolls at that higher percentage share as well. Uh, so definitely some pretty interesting, very early insights here, Jay, even as we're just scratching the surface and just uh, just jumping into uh, to this new product launch. Very, very excited about what it means for uh, diving into that granular SKU level data that of course is available to our subscribing clients and our, our participating retailers. Uh, being able to get deeper into these insights and understand you know, what's really driving on a product by product, brand by brand and subcategory level basis. Uh, these high-level trends that we're taking a quick look at here uh, today's session. Like, I think there's going to be people that say, see, we told you beverages could be different here than in other places. And whether that holds true longer term or not, like we've seen growth in that, even though it's a smaller subset of the sort of ingestibles, it is a sizable one. And as you said, some really um, high volume SKUs, I think is sort of 
how I interpreted that, like they're actually moving. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, those early indicators are, are certainly there that there could be some differences within the category. Obviously, as with everything, time will tell. Um, it's still very, very early. And we're seeing, again, one of the things that was interesting there with the beverage category is, yes, while it's at about 1% now, um, it is gaining in share if you look historically over the past six months or so. And we've only have six months of history to look at. So there's, there's definitely, the story is not written on beverages um, up in Canada yet. Well, also, I mean, even just looking at when the products were released, I mean, there was, you know, I don't know, we can marry up sort of when products were released and sort of the, the trickle down to actually selling at sort of at cash. But, but you know, more products have been released over the summer that, that are even sort of late in the game uh, in the retail sales tracking you're talking about. But, but it is interesting to watch obviously that category. It's interesting to watch all the categories. Um, the ingestibles part, an increasing share of that largely because they've actually come online. And I hearken back to a conversation we had months ago about BC being slightly different than other places and the volume of edibles that people say they consume as their preferred uh, preference and going after that sort of higher end customer. So it, it is interesting that as we tell this, you know, round out the story about what consumers say they want, how that marries up to actual retail sales data. Like it's, it's amazing. We're looking forward to sort of the full run of it. And, and uh, we appreciate you sharing it, sharing it today. It's also interesting, I think, um, Alberta versus BC. And if we see this data over time, where it is different, stay different, or if we would see the whole country sort of mellowing out sort of where the different models of, of, um, of retail and how that actually impacts them. Yeah, absolutely, Jane. So far we've been talking province by province, but there's the additional layer there within the provinces of sometimes the differences break out uh, tourist versus metro versus rural markets. And uh, we certainly see that playing out in the US where the Nevada market looks a little bit different than some of the other markets because it is so tourist driven. Um, and California sort of starting to look similar to Nevada and where the, where those differences play out. So expect to see those as well up in Canada. Uh, we will typically talk about sales broken into province just because that's an easy way to, to segment them. Uh, but there are definitely other, other ways to slice and dice the data. And as we continue to trickle out more and more of the retail sales tracking insights here um, as part of these sessions, I'm looking forward to diving into all of these really interesting topics um, and getting, getting even further into the data. You say diving in, I say geeking out. Either way, it's the same thing. Uh, Liz, uh, always great to talk to you. This is the best way to start any Wednesday. Um, and, and anytime in a sort of period of 20 minutes, you can get a whole lot smarter. That's, that's great. And so thank you and BDSA for the work that you guys do. And we look forward to, uh, we look forward to what's next. Thank you, us too. Stay Thanks. tuned. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. Bye.